Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, ownership, and especially for real estate agent and real tours. Learn from the expert, guys. This is free land education. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell, and I'm an accredited land consultant, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who's out selling real estate this morning, so uh, we'll miss her. But uh, we serve Western Piedmont, North Carolina, and Southern Virginia, so just give us a shout. We'll help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff members, and our national website is www.rliland.com. Now, listen to me. I want you to listen to me. If you're thinking about buying land or selling land, go to that website, www.rli.net, and find one of our members, 17, 1,800 members nationwide, and, and hopefully an accredited land consultant like myself is about 585 of us. And we know how to play the game. If you're uh, selling, we'll make you more money. If you're buying, we'll save you money. So we know how to play. So make sure you check that out if you have that intention. Our guest this morning, well, first of all, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Our guest this morning is Marty Lanier. Marty, how are you? We're old friends for for several years. You're an accredited land. You're one of that 586 or seven ALCs. Uh, when did you get yours? Yep. I got mine uh, just last. I believe it was. Uh, been working on it for quite a while, and I got it done. Yes, sir. There's a lot to it in there. <laughs> it's a yep. very. It's a. It, well, it, we have to have six two day courses. One's a three day course. They're all tested. Uh, you have to have 10, 10 million in sales. Uh, you have to have a final test. You have to have two ACOCs uh, sponsor you uh, and uh, go before the board of directors and uh, get approved. So uh, it uh, it's, uh, takes quite a bit, but the stuff that we learn uh, is amazing. Okay, That's why we're, oh, yeah. we're the land experts, right? That's right. Yes, sir. Let me just give you a little background. Marty's a like I said, an accredited land consultant, native of Brunswick County, and I've taught my four-hour class down there before. What a great group that is. And have, and has called Southeast New, uh, North Carolina home uh, for his entire life. He's been a licensed real estate broker in North Carolina since 2007, also licensed in South Carolina. Marty has earned the elite accredited land consultant designation we just talked about through the Realtors Land Institute. This ALC designation is earned through extensive education in all types of land investment analysis and marketing, as well proven high level of sales volume. Marty is, uh, is of the only very few ALCs in the market area. He's also a member of our Carolina chapter. Now, we have 18 chapters nationwide, and uh, our chapter is North Carolina chapter. It's called the Carolinas chapter. Uh, Marty uh, has uh, two-time uh, induced in the Mossy Oaks Properties Pinnacle Club, which he worked with Mossy Oak Properties, which is a great organization. Uh, the Pinnacle Club recognized the top-selling agents in the Mossy Oak Network. He's licensed with Federal Aviation Administration to fly drones. I want to talk about that for commercial and business purposes. This gives him the ability to create quality photography and video properties, which is very important in the land industry. Uh, today's real estate market videos are extremely effective selling tool, and Marty's one of the few Agents licensed to fly a drone and create videos of his listings. He graduated from North Carolina, uh, University of North Carolina at Wilmington's, and so did my daughter, by the way, with a BS degree in business management. What a great school that is. 
He served in the U.S. Army yeah. Reserves as an officer with the uh, A-24 Transportation Company, which is heavy boat down in Moorhead City. Marty worked his family construction business for over 20 years as vice president, estimator, and general manager. Marty's a lifelong outdoorsman, equally at home in the tree stand or fishing on coastal waters. As a rural landowner, he is knowledgeable about all aspects of managing land and the resources available to enhance and profit from a tract of land. His experience and knowledge make him a natural choice for assisting buyers and sellers with timberland, farmland, and recreational properties. His sole focus in real estate is listings, marketing, and selling rural land. His hobbies are hunting, fishing, and managing of longleaf pine habitat. Boy, I want to learn about that. Marty resides in Brunswick County and with his wife, Cindy, and son, Jonathan, and daughter, Amanda. Quote, I've always lived in a rural area, and I enjoy working with people who have a love for land. I have always maintained a reputation of honesty and integrity when working with buyers and sellers. I have a genuine wild love for wildlife, and I believe strongly in conserving and enhancing wildlife habitat. I plan to do my part to continue our heritage of hunting and fishing and rural property ownership. I'm one of the few real estate agents that have an experience, education, reputation, tools, and ability to effectively market and sell property. And just recently, you opened up your own company, Rock Creek Land Company, which I want to hear all about, and the different types of land, especially market in your area and where you cover. So, uh, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I have been thinking about opening my own firm for about six months. Uh, and first of March, I, I quit Mossy Oak Properties, Land and Farms Realty. Uh, and started my own firm. Uh, it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's been interesting uh, trying to put a business together. And at the same time, I have still been listing and selling real estate about as hard as I could go. Uh, so it's uh, it's been uh, it's been great so far, and I think it's going to continue to be. Well, Marty, what what is your uh, what is your market area? My market area is primarily southeastern North Carolina. I go up toward uh, anywhere from, you know, the southeastern coast, Brunswick County, up to uh, out to Fayetteville, uh, Cumberland County. I'll go occasionally up as far as Hyde County. i got some connections up there. I've sold some property there. I'll go over toward uh, Rockingham area, uh, Hope County, Rayford kind of that, that southeastern corner of the state. And I do a little bit in northeastern South Carolina, Orange County, Marion, uh, a couple counties down there. Right. Wow, that's quite a territory to cover. But, you know, with the day, uh, yeah. with today's marketing, you know, I uh, I teach my students, and um, you're aware of this too, you know, I, I let the sign, the real estate sign, sell the property. I put the aerial topo, floodplain map, call-outs, uh, right there on the sign. Usually, I use a three by three because, uh, and, and I can do it on regular signs too. Yep. But, but then I put the yep. uh, the QRC, uh, which takes you right to the MLS listing. So now you're standing at the property. You can visualize. Oh, there's that field. There's that clump of trees. There's the access road. Whatever it is, you've got the uh, QRC takes you right to the property information sheet, the MLS sheet, what the price is, how much is cleared, so on. And then I also put my drones on there, too, uh, and I had the drone tour. So now you can stand on, on the edge of the property, the sign, and see the property uh, and 
it's vacant land. You know, normally you don't need an appointment to see it. So uh, I, I sell property three and four hours away from my office half for years. It's uh, very effective. Oh, yeah. I, I mostly stay within two hours, but I, I occasionally get out three or four hours. So, yeah, you have to cover a, a pretty good area if you're going to be a, a land broker. So you do a variety of stuff like we all do, but uh, I, I was looking on your website, and, and by the way, uh, that, that's a great site to go to, and I want to mention that a couple times. Um, sure. it's, it's just real simple. It's www.rockcreeklandcompany.com, rockcreeklandcompany.com. So if, if you've got a device and you're not driving, uh, you may want to check out his website, and I know you're going to be building that too. We're just getting started. But, um, yeah. Boy, been working on that pretty hard and i finally got it about where i want it uh, so yeah we've uh, we've been tweaking on that and uh it's looking good but what was impressed me and i think uh for our listening audience and especially for those in your market area to know about you is your previous sales uh it's quite a portfolio and i'm sure that's not all of it i i know i've sold over a thousand at least uh land listings over the last 30 years i mean i have i know it's yes, that but, more uh, I mean, yeah, that's not all of them. No, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good selection, though. Marty, what type of what type of land do you like to sell most? What's 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 what's? Uh... Well, yeah, my my of course my favorite is recreational hunting land. That's uh, I was on a sixty-five acre tract today in uh, uh, Cumberland County up near Fayetteville on the river. Great hunting property, got all kind of game on it. That's my favorite. Uh, I also uh, do a fair amount with timberland and farmland, and I, I love both of those too. And I've, I've done a lot of them, but those are my, you know, my primary three areas: timber, recreation, and farm. Uh, I do sell some, you know, mini farms. I've sold, I've even sold a real nice horse farm or two, and you know, I'll do anything as far as rural land, but uh, the timber farm and, and hunting. You know, maybe people don't realize this, but I, I have a four-hour class that you're aware of. Uh, it's the only class in the state of North Carolina. I'm the only instructor in, in the actually in the whole country. I can't even find another state that has a continuing education credited class to keep your license. Uh, it's all residential, which is what our industry is, 98% of it. But, um, you know, that's why we're specialists. But one of the stats I throw up is showing uh, uh, the amount of, uh, of, of ur rural land versus the amount of urban land, and most people don't realize this. But there's only 3% of uh, the land usage in the United States that's for urban. That's your cities and, and uh -huh. townships. And 90-some and, uh, and percent is rural land. Uh, that's our market. Right. That's what we specialize in. It's a big uh -huh. portfolio. Yep, that's right. Yep. And you're talking about your four-hour uh, CE course. Uh, I took your four-hour CE course several years ago in uh -huh. Surf City. I think Christina. Yeah, home. Christina Asbury. Uh -huh. Boy, what a that's delight. Where I, that's where I met you. And yes, sir. I, uh, found out about the, the ALC. Right, the RLI. Yeah, I've, I've recruited probably a percentage, good percentage of the. I've got five I'm working with right now that wants to get the ALC. So and we've got a fast track. You know, we had the uh, 10 courses, but in Greensboro, we moved that around the company. But every uh, June or July, usually June, we take a, like eight days or 10 days and we offer. Uh, like five or six of our, our 10 courses uh, for those that want to go ahead and get their course requirements out of the way in a week. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And 
I teach the LAM 101 class, which is our base class, required course, and hopefully I'll be teaching that uh, as part of that curriculum. So spread the word on that. We want to, want to fill that up. It's a great opportunity because uh, normally when I got my LC, I started working on it in 98, and I think I finished it in 2003. You had to travel. We didn't have the Internet courses. So, you know, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or Atlanta, or Florida, or, you know, wherever, Denver. And, you know, and th these courses are not cheap, plus your airfare, plus your hotel. You know, it probably cost me $40,000, dollars to get that th little three letters, and plus your dues every year, and membership, and, you know, so on. Yes. So, um, it's worth it, though. Oh, more than worth it, more than worth it. So I, I want, uh, I'd like to learn a little bit more, and we can get started on We'll have a break here in a second, but um, uh, I want to learn more about Timberland and what's going on with that. Because, you know, we have some of that in our area, too, the uh, pine plantations. And, of course, your multi-species hardwood and softwood uh, natural growth farms. Uh, but uh, people don't realize this. Uh, people say, you know, you hear this consistently, well, if I buy land, I'm, how am I going to make money? Well, I just passed a thing out in my class yesterday. There's 68 ways you can make money on land. 68 different ways you can make money on land. And Timber's, yeah, Tim, can, Timber's one I of them. I can tell you some you may not even know about. Well, that's, uh, that's what I want to share with our listening audience, if, if you will accommodate yeah. us today. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, we can talk about that a little bit. I've, I've got a piece of land that's in Brother County that's in Longleaf. And I'm making really good money on a program on it, so I can tell you all about that. I'd like to know about it. Uh, sure. Yes, sir. But uh, that, and, and I think something else our audience would like to learn about is your ag land, you know, because you guys are, mm -hmm. you know, that's and what, you know, how you make money with that and some ideas. And that that's what I'd love to learn from you today and share with our yep. listening audience is, uh, you know, why land? It, it's interesting, you know, for years these, these uh, financial shows, uh, you know, they talk about, about investing in stocks and this and gold and silver, and you know. But here recently, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but uh, several of them are saying, you know, well, where do you put your money? Where are you going to put your money with this, this uh, current situation and, and, and future? And, of course, they're saying uh, hard assets. And now they're using the four-letter word land. You know, they're suggesting oh, yeah. that, you know, you should put your money in land. So uh, that, oh, yeah. that that's putting a lot of pressure on us in terms of, inventory which i don't have any anymore i used to keep some but uh anyway our guest today is uh, marty lanier uh this is let's talk land our sponsor is landhub.com are you looking to buy or sell land landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide check it out landhub.com so our guest today is marty lanier and he started a new company rock creek land company.com rock creek land a company down in brunswick county north carolina uh down there in the beautiful coast just south of wilmington north carolina everybody knows about wilmington but uh covers north carolina and part of south carolina uh the you know, eastern part southeastern part where all the hunting land is and timber land is and ag land is and uh, so we're going to learn something today uh from marty uh, and uh so timber you, you talk about your area's longleaf pond you know, we had the loblolly up here. What What's the difference, really? Or is there a difference? Well, yeah, uh, we have a lot of loblolly here, too. Our, our pine plantations that the timber companies plant are almost all loblolly because uh, they want a quick rotation for pulpwood to feed the paper mill. Uh, 
a long leaf was our native tree here. Right. At one time, there was 93 million acres of long leaf stretching from Virginia to Texas. Good gracious. Now we're down to just a few million, like 5 million or right. something. Um, most any of the, of the open agricultural land you see in southeastern North Carolina was once a long leaf pine. And most of the, the loblolly here was once a long leaf pine. Economy of this area back in the 1700s, 1800s was based a lot on the longleaf pine for turpentine, lumber, and uh, that type of thing. But it's you know there's, there's a lot of interest today in, in bringing it back. Uh, I inherited a 58 acre tract of longleaf that I'm working to restore and manage, and. Uh, do a lot of burning on longleaf because the natural way that longleaf evolved and, and the habitat was through fire. And fire suppression has been part of the reason that, that we don't have the longleaf we, we have now. Um, but uh, on my land in particular, I have put it into a program called Conservation Stewardship Program. I got a five-year contract. And it's worth fifty thousand dollars. Tell me about that program. Planning. Yeah, tell me about that program. How, did, who, how old yeah, is it? Who, yes, yeah, it's through the USDA. Um, it's called the Conservation Stewardship Program, and there are multiple practices you can do, not just in Longwood, but on on any piece of land. Uh, but I'm getting paid pretty well to burn. I recently did some thinning, uh, which I got paid to do the thinning open it up for wildlife habitat, and I'm getting ready to do some planning uh, on part of it that I've cut pretty heavy, and I'm going to get paid to do the planning. Now, that's for carbon sequestration, so that was for taking carbon out of the atmosphere. Right. They're paying me very well to do that. Uh, plus, my piece of land is in a conservation easement, so it'll never be built on. And you get tax credits for that, right? I got, yes, sir, I got uh, about a $150,000 uh, federal tax credit when I put that in the conservation easement. Wow, that's that's real money, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, and then yes, and then the sir. carbon part, we did a show on that, and I know timber, see if I'm right, I may miss my, my, my thoughts here, but it seems to me that a, a normal uh, rotation on your loblollies, and, and I don't know if your longleaf's the same, it's about 30 years or less. But uh, the conservation carbon credit program uh, that we talked about, I think if you allowed the trees to grow for 60 years, uh, I think that was the cutoff, uh, and harvest them then, uh, it would, is, is, is that correct? Now, that I don't recall that, that, that time frame, and that could be different for different programs. Okay, maybe. Uh, now, with, with my long leaves, uh, you know, I will... I will thin it at some point, but I'll never clear cut. So, you know, it'll always be there. Constantly rotating, right? Yeah, just doing thinnings from time to time and, and not, I won't, I won't ever have to plant again because I'll just do natural regeneration in the future. So when you do thinning, um, uh, Marty, is that like every fifth tree or are you just taking out the ones that are weaker or, you know, and then what type of acre are you look, looking well, at? Timber is, you know, you're planting this stuff in rows. And 
Dennings are either every third row or every fifth row. Okay, so it's rows, uh, not trees. Okay. Right, it's in rows. And what they'll do, you know, if you've got a weaker tree or one that needs to be taken out in between, they can reach in and take them out. Okay. Um, so you, you'll do this thinning like 15, 20 years and, and you know, open it up, and that's when the trees really take off and grow. Is that a one-time deer, uh, deer during the rotation, or you do it more than once? Sometimes in a rotation, like on loblaws, they may just bend once. Uh, sometimes it'll bend twice. Okay, I want to back. That depends on the goal. Sure, I want to back up to the planting. Okay. Mhm. I've owned a. I, I'm gonna be hypothetical. I own a farm, and it's been in pasture, and pasture is very expensive to keep up. Okay. And mm -hmm. um, and, and I want to plant it. I I was. I got the opportunity. Governor Stanley, uh, who was governor back in the '50s in in Virginia. Uh, grew up on the North Carolina-Virginia border uh, in a little area called Horse Pasture, uh, west of uh, Martinsville. And his grandfather's farm was, I think, 700 acres at one time, and he lost it during the Depression. And over the years, the, the, it was broken up, and over the years, the uh, governor uh, assembled about 350 acres. And they were big and, and trophy cattle for years, for generations, and uh, but uh, that ended and there was over 200 acres of pasture, and because of the upkeep, they uh, actually planted it in, uh, in, in Loblolly uh, back in 08 and uh, 10, uh, in that period. And of course, it was for sale, and, um, and uh, I had a cash buyer, and, uh, and he was concerned about the price we were asking, which had an appraisal, by the way, but uh, of about a million two. And uh, so I had my forester come up, and do a cruise on the uh, on the timber and do an evaluation of it, and it needed to be thinned. It, it was overdue for being thinned, and he said there's X amount of dollars to do that, and then he did a projection of when it was harvested based on current prices, and it was over $600,000 that timber was worth. And the guy says, well, a million two, and it's got three houses and a 27-acre lake on it, and blah, blah, blah. He said, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. So, uh, you know, I used the expert and I think everybody that's in the land business, especially if it's in a timber area, needs to have one or two either consulting foresters or registered foresters on their on their team. And uh, oh, I've, yes. I've used them yes, quite a bit because you can justify you can justify the potential of that of that investment. People don't realize cash, and this is cash too. When you go to sell your timber, if I'm right, Marty, that that's certified that's money. I mean, as soon oh, as yes. soon as you draw a timber deed and it's recorded. You know, that check's handed to you. That's right. And it's, exactly. it's oh, usually yeah. like a two-year yes. con contract, right? Yep. And you, using a, a forester is always a good thing. If you're going to do a timber sale, people think they can just, you know, sell it directly to a timber buyer. You can. That's fine. But <laughs> you're going to leave a lot of off getting the forester to handle that that sale because he'll get you a better deal. Well, you're going to leave a lot of money on the table. These these timber buyers. Yes. They they can right. they can spell somebody know what they're doing in, in uh, ten miles away, and and then yes. you know it's a right. businessman. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, you know. well, yeah. I mean, for the landowner, though, I mean, he'll get. I've read statistics that said twenty to twenty five percent more if he lets a forester handle the sale. Oh yeah, definitely. He makes them, he makes the buyers compete with each other. Yeah, and there's a fee for that, but that's a direct write off. Okay, that's the cost of doing business for for your uh, yep. for your taxes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, so. yeah. They, I mean, he's going to charge a 
you know, he might charge six, eight, ten percent right. the sale depending right. on different factors, but yes, it's still well worth yeah. So what does it cost to plant? Is that like fifty dollars an acre and who does is that a USDA well, or a forestry program? Where do you get to stock? Well, it depends on, on a couple of factors, but uh, site prep being one, I mean, you know, some sites need more preparation than others. Uh, some sites need chemical treatment and it's got too much competition. Some sites need to be bedded where they're, you know, they take a machine and, and build it up in rows, which we do a lot of that down here. Okay. It's wet. Right. Uh, up where you're at, I doubt they bed it. No, I haven't seen that Probably up here. Not. No, but down here in these, around these swampy areas, uh, it's usually bedded. So I'd say maybe, you know, $150 an acre would probably be kind of a good, good average for, for planting. Uh, now, I'm not bedding my long leaf. I don't need to, and I'm not doing the only site prep I'm going to do is a controlled fire, and I'll do that myself. Right. So that won't, you know, it won't be any cost of that. I, I do my own burning. I've been to burn school. and Yeah. Yeah, we did a podcast with a young young guy. I think he's twenty eight years old, very bright, and he was a restoration for you know go, it, pond restoration. And one of the things was uh, burning, you know. And he'd gone to school and certified, and it was quite an interesting show. I don't remember the podcast, but it's it's one of the you're number one hundred and seventy two this morning, by the way. Uh, okay. Hours that we've done, a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, I enjoy doing the burning. Uh, I only do it for myself. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have insurance and that type of thing to do it for other people. Sure. But, uh, we we did, we've done several burns already this year, and I'm, I'll be doing another one this fall on my property. Okay. So, yeah. How many acres uh, do you have that you in this particular project? It makes a big difference. It uh, it really makes your your understory plants grow well, and it's beautiful after a burn. I bet. You give it a month or two after a burn, everything's just pretty and green. How many acres are you talking about on this project? I, I've only got 58. It's what I inherited. It was my granddaddy's land, and uh, I inherited it. Isn't that great? We've got over 900 yeah. acres in Surrey County that great-granddaddy and granddaddy bought 18 farms non-contiguous, and, um, and uh, mother was one of 10 children born in 1911. But uh, they all inherited it at, the, at their demise, and uh, we're now on six generations, Walter, and every inch of that land is still in the family. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. And you see that type yep. of heritage in your area, too, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, we've got, we've got farms that have been around 100 years or more. Uh, so, yeah, um, see quite a bit of that. So, in terms of... Uh, Timber, what else can you tell us about it? What do we need to know other than it's well, a great long-term investment? Uh, timber is is one of the better long-term investments. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're looking at 30, 35-year rotations, you're not, you know, you're not a short-term investor. Um, and we have a tremendous amount of timberland in this area. Most of it is owned by a larger timber company. Right. Uh, but there are, you know, they still they still get most of their timber from, you know, private landowners. Right. Uh, because, you know, they, a guy that's got a 50-acre piece, or, you know, they're, they're everywhere. So the, the timber buyers, they, they get a lot off the, the timber company properties, but they get a lot from private owners, too. Right. And, 
with all these cost share programs, there's cost share with the Forest Service. You can get assistance there for planning. Uh, you know, it, it's just a great investment. Well, you just now, put you put the whole package together with the conservation easement. I mean, you put like two or three things together, right, to create income yeah. for your property. Yeah, yeah, I created a lot of value there. Uh, now, most people don't put them in a conservation easement. Sure. But, but the way I worded mine, I can do any timber management basically I want to. Okay. Um, and I just can't build on it. That's the main thing. Sure. I can't. I couldn't. I can't dig sand on it. That's you can't develop it, right? Can't develop that type it. Of thing. Right. But uh, I can do all the timber management I want to do. But that's what you want to do. That's what. That's the highest and best use of that land. I would say, right? Well, yeah. In the in the conservation program, it is the, uh, the actual highest and best use for my land would have been a like a large lot residential. Really? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I got such a good tax credit because you you take the difference between what it could have been used for for highest and best versus what you want to use it for in okay. conservation easement. So that's interesting. That difference was the was that's how you determine your tax break. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, that's interesting. That, yeah. So. Yeah, but um, I would you know any any anybody that's looking to invest in land. As, a, as an investment, timber is, is one of the very best. And you, can, uh, you also can use it for recreational uses while you're growing your timber. You got it. You got it. You can hunt out there and four-wheel out there and camp out there and, oh, yeah. and be in nature and exactly. and, and, uh, and, yep. uh, and help, the plant, help the flora and fauna and also help the little critters out there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, our guest today is Monty Lanier with Rock Creek Land Company. This is Let's Talk Land. Like to thank our host, landhub.com. Sell your land, land of your dreams, landhub.com. So, just to finish up, timber, um, soils. Uh, I did a show, um, I don't know which one, but we were talking about if you had 100 acres, Walter, and, uh, and, and, and either planted or natural growth, and 50 acres is on one side of the road and 50 acres is on the other side of the road, and uh, because of the soils, uh, which is the nutrition, because of the soil types of soils and variations, it had a direct effect on the growth of that timber. Some would grow better on one side than the other, and it was the same age and same variety of species. Uh, why is soils important? As an accredited land consultant, you know, isn't this part of our job is to help an investor comes to us and says, I, I want to invest this amount of money, and I'm looking for, you know, a pine forest, and I need one. I, I'm looking for, you know, short growth or, you know, I'm not, you know, anyway, soils are important, right? Oh, yes, very important. Yes, sir. So, now, uh, your, your soils uh, determine your site index, which is how tall will that tree be expected to grow within 50 years. So, if you've got a site index of 80 or 90, I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, that means that tree is expected to grow to that height in 50 years. So, you know, that's going to be a much much more productive site than some poorer type soils. It may only have a site index of 60. How do you, where do you get that information and how uh, accurate is yes, it? Uh, the, the web, I, I use the web soil survey. Almost every track that I do, uh, if it's a timber track or a farm track especially, I do a soil report off the web soil survey and I have that information on there. If it's a timber track, I have the site index information. If it's an ag track, I have uh, crop information for corn, 
what website is that, Walter? It's the Web Soil Survey. It's Web Soil Survey. It's great. You, you can create a soils map, and you can get a tremendous amount of information on each type of soil that's found on, on any given track. Yes, sir. You draw, draw an area, draw a property line, and you, you tell it to create a soil map, and it does it, and then you can you can create different However, you, whatever you want to look into as far as crops, you know, timber, timber site, uh, site index, right? All that's on there, and, and it's, it's a great tool. And it, if you look at, at most of my listings, any of them that are timber or ag, I, I put a soil, soil report in there. I do too. Uh, and your experience and your professional experience, um, we've got MapRite, who's one of my sponsors for my classes, uh, Steve Robertson. I love MapRite. In the future. Yes, I, I know. Absolutely. Now, he has a soil map overlay, and some of the counties yeah. around the country, they have a soils map overlay uh, layer yeah. on, the, on the county sites. How accurate is that as to the websoilsurvey.com, I guess it is, site that you, that I, you use, in your opinion? I, I believe that the data all comes from the same place. Okay. I think it's all from a, web, from a soil survey that was done by the Right, right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that what what MapRight has, is, and I've compared it. Yes, it seems to be basically the same, same source. Okay, same information. Okay, yeah. that's important. It, yeah, one of my uh, well, my soil scientist uh, for 30 years, Joe Hinton, and I've had a show with him. He's out of uh, out of Eden, North Carolina, and was uh, the um, he was the um, head of the um, environmental health department for Rockingham County. For 30 years plus, I don't know, and president of the soil. In fact, I was guest speaker at their annual conference a couple times over the years. And uh, But he uh, has the distinction of mapping a good part of North Carolina, especially the Piedmont area, the soils mm-hmm. over years. So right. they, they used the soil scientists, I guess, to collect the data and then assimilated it. It's a tremendous amount of data. Yeah, it is. It really, And it's very important. Uh, that's one thing, you know, like I said, if you're just using a real estate agent that sells houses, I mean, come on, guys. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's why the accredited land consultants, the Realtors Land Institute, mm-hmm. these type of issues, this is what we are taught and trained that no one else oh, is. Yes. You yep. know, it's crazy. Um, I want to talk about the market out there. Uh, you know, I, I, at least in our area, and I cover the uh, uh, northern Piedmont uh, of North Carolina and southern Virginia. And uh, over the last couple of years, Walter, you know, I've had as many as 218 land listings at one time, and I normally keep anywhere from 30 to 50. I'm down to five. I, I cannot keep and find listings. We got more, way more buyers, and what, what are they wanting, at least in our area? Uh, they're coming out of these urban areas around the country because a lot of people now can work at home, and it doesn't matter where you are. And... Um, and they're they're looking to buy these five and tens and twenties. That's our biggest market, uh, at least in our area. And what about your area? What's going on? Well, yeah, I, I get an awful lot of that. Yes, uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty acres. If you can find it and list it, you will sell. And and I've had the same issues with inventory. Uh, I've got I've got three or four right now available. That's it. Uh, so yes, if you get one of these smaller tracks, these people are looking for them. They will, 
and it's multiple offers. I mean, I've never seen that on land in my career. I mean, not everything. Oh, yeah, multiple offers, especially on these small. Yeah, I've had some of that. Yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a tremendous amount, uh, but yes, I've had some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right. Yep. Well, you know, one of the things uh, that we talked about off air, but you know, the uh, financial uh, talk shows, and there's quite a few of them. Uh, you know, they're always touting where do you put your money, and even at the land conference uh, that we just left in San uh, San Antonio for four days. Dr. Mark Dozer, who's an economist, used to be with Texas A&M. He's retired now. But he's always our last speaker for years. And he always says, this is what I told you last year, and this is what happened, and this is what I'm telling you now, and this is what to expect. And he, but he started off with, he said, everybody's asking me, where, am I, where, where, am I, where do I need to put my investment money under these current conditions and predicted future conditions? Where do I need to put it? And, of course, everybody's pushing the hard metal assets. I used to sell numismatic coins uh, back during the last recession uh, in the 80, early 80s. But uh, um, they're now mentioning the four-letter word land, and that's putting that out there in the world. And that's increasing the the, the you know the people that are interested in, in investing in land, and that's eating up our inventory too. Are you seeing oh, that yeah. as well? safest there is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the value of land will never go to zero like a stock did. No, it won't. And that's but, another thing, yeah. too. You know, those uh, we were talking about those, let's use 10, 20, maybe 30 acres. You know, I used to buy land uh, acreage tracks because I've done over 60 rural developments with the, uh, you know, we had the 10-acre rule. I guess you guys down there, too, as long as you subdivide uh, 10 acres or more, you don't have to get the government involved. How refreshing. And, uh, right. and 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 build uh, state roads and all the infrastructure. You just go break it up and sell it. But uh, yep. oh, yeah. but uh, I was buying land back in the seventies, uh, you know, late seventies for three and four hundred dollars. I mean, prime farmland or timberland, <laughs> right? Wow. And then when I got my license in '94, you know, it was uh, I I think the, I bought two tracks over two hundred acres. One was thirteen hundred an acre, and the other was eighteen hundred an acre, right? And you could sell those 10-acre tracks back then for 3000 3500 So you had that, that, that margin, that margin of profit, right? right. But the value of land, I'm a, hey, I don't know about you, Marty, but I daggum, I'm afraid to put a price on land. Because if I put uh, five an acre, they, they, I sell it, five an acre. If I put six, you know, sell it for six. If I put seven, eight, I'm putting $10,000 an acre on these acreage tracks now. You know, negotiate it. But I'm I'm afraid to leave money on the table. I, I agree. I, I've seen the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's gotten hard to price it because you just don't really know. Uh, I just listed a piece in Columbus County, that little little seven-acre farm I mentioned. Right. And you know, at one point, at one time, I I would have put you know thirty-five, forty thousand dollars on it. I'm putting it on the market at, at seventy-five and. A friend of mine that's a worker for another farm just sold a six-acre truck right around the corner for 70 Yeah. So uh, we just, it's like, you know, that land should not have been worth that, but apparently it is today. How the heck are these appraisers justifying these prices? What, you know? Now that, I, <laughs> I don't know. That blows my mind. And even on yeah. houses, you know, it's, you know, 
uh, a house that was selling three years ago for you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars selling for four hundred now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and you're getting multiple. Yeah. We had one that was a three hundred and let's see, it was three hundred seventy five thousand dollar listing. Had twelve offers on it, and the, the one that got it was paying fifty thousand over, over yes. the list price, mm-hmm. and yep. they were putting that in due diligence, which you lose if you don't buy it. That's right. Yes. Is I this know. is this crazy uh, or what? Yeah, uh, I sold a property not too long ago. Uh, it was this one had a house on it. It was about five acres, and we sold it for about twenty. Five thousand over list. Right. Where's this going? Mark Dozer, Mark Dozer, in, our, in his presentation, uh, said uh, he felt that we probably had about a year to a year and a half for all this money the government threw on the street, which a good percentage of it was mm-hmm. stolen. Don't even know where it is. Typical. Uh, I've never seen so many cash buyers in my life. Oh yeah, well, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of those. Potential buyer on the piece I showed this morning, he's a cash buyer. Yeah. This is just for recreational people. No, I understand. I understand. But yeah. it's... But, I mean, there's... Yeah. But he said, you know, we probably got to get this money to circulate through the system, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. As he's, he's saying, a year, uh, two at the most. And then in the future, if we do go in a recession, uh, which it seems to be that's the direction we're going, that the real estate market, so. the real estate market is, you know, where are you going to put your money? And that it's going to continue yep. to trend. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Ray Brownfield, who is our national president, actually I ran against him for national president. I don't know when it was, two thousand and eight, maybe. And I'm glad he won and did a tremendous job for our, our organization. But he posted uh, right before the conference a land sale in Illinois. It was a hundred and sixty-two acre cropland. It was Class A soils. But there was no water on it, and it was in a you know a non-developable area. Not that it couldn't be developed, but it was just a very rural. Okay, yeah. it brought twenty thousand one hundred dollars an acre. Now that wow. same, I was talking to him at the conference. I said, "Take me back five years. That same farm, what would it have brought?" He said, "Lou, probably three thousand, maybe thirty five hundred at best." Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah. Uh, well, when it when it starts doing that, you. Start kind of worrying a little bit because it's you know, at some point there's got to be a correction, but we'll see. Let me ask you something else, Walter. You know, when we went through the 2008 and 9 and that stuff, okay, the banking mess, uh, you know, we, in our areas, we've got the Blue Ridge Parkway. I, I, I can leave my office or leave the station right now and be on the parkway in less than 30 minutes, okay? Yep. And, okay. Um, and I had listed a couple hundred acres. A beautiful farmland. Uh, it was planted loblolly, part of it, uh, open pastures, several stream courses, water courses on it, and a mile of road frontage on the parkway. It was on the northern side, so on the south side you got the distant views. But killer property, just north of Mount Airy. And at that time, I put $6,000 an acre. And as you went towards Asheville and got in the Boone area, uh, which is a destination, about halfway between where we are in, in Asheville, that same land, if I'd listed, it, would have been thirty thousand. Okay, and then the closer you got to Asheville, it was fifty and sixty thousand an acre. I mean, it was nuts. It was the, we called it the actually further west, the Golden Triangle. It was Greenville, Spartanburg, uh, uh, Knoxville, and Asheville. 
uh, this old mountain land. I listed a 60-acre track up in Boone. I, 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 it had a 10-foot easement on it, only way into it, and I identified one potential building site, which would have cost a ton just to get to it. And I put I put uh, sixty thousand an acre on it and sold it for fifty. Right. Wow. But 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 in this in this market area, uh, our prices never got up. Remember, I was talking about the the, the three to five k, okay? and that's kind of four maybe. When all that raised, it didn't raise in the in the foothills, okay. But uh, when it dropped, it didn't drop in the foothills, which is kind of interesting looking at the future. If we go through this process, there's going to be certain areas that that established values will probably maintain, which is very positive if you think about it. Where yeah. some areas you got to be real careful where you make your investments, right? That's right. Yes. Yep. I mean, did yep. you did you well, see that in your market area during that period of time, where prices got up but they didn't really come down? Yeah. Well. Prices in a lot of the areas that I work, uh, you know, these rural areas down here, the prices don't typically, you know, for the most part, don't go as high or fall as low. Right. It's, it's not it's not as volatile as, as maybe what you're talking about yes, sir. up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our farmland is still, you know, $2,500 to $3,500 an acre for the most part. That's, uh, that's it, it hasn't gone to the, you know, of course, down here we've got you know, fairly sandy soils. Our, our crop production is, you know, is not what it is in some other areas. Sure. And that's, you know, that's around the country, too. This is a national show, but, you know, each area is different. But, again, I'm going to throw us back to Realtors Land Institute, www.rli.com. And if you are investing and land is an investment. I, I tell everybody I use the word investment and land uh, synonymously. Uh, get with an RLI member. They may not have their ALC, but these are the agents, landman and landladies. We've got some great landladies out there uh, run circles around you and me. Uh, but uh, uh, these are the people you want to consult with, whether you're buying or selling land anywhere in the United States. Right. That's right. Yep. We're we're the professionals, and uh, we're the ones you need to come to. Right. So, tell me about your company. Where you, where you think it's going to go? Are you, I know you're excited about it because I'm getting ready to switch too. Yeah, I am. Um, initially, my plan is just to uh, do my own thing. Uh, I don't plan to hire brokers uh, right now. Uh, I, I I may in the future. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, very careful about it because I want people that are professional, that, that do know land, uh, you know, if somebody comes to work with me. Sure, of course. Um, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, just uh, to, to grow it slow, if I, you know, if, if I do add brokers. Uh, but I just want to pretty much continue doing what I've always done and sell the, the rural hunting land, timberland, and farmland. Uh, I'm going to start putting out some emails to my database uh, with new listings soon. I'm working on that. Uh, of course, we talked about the website. I've got that up and running, so we're, we're pleased with that. Uh, but yeah, I've, 
You do a good job. You're a great agent out there, and you've got the passion, and uh, yeah, and you got the experience, it. and you've so, got you've got the history, and you've got the knowledge, and that's a that's a very strong combination. That's right, yes, sir. I love it. I don't think I'll ever quit. Isn't that great? As long as I can, long as I can get out there and do it, I will. You know, people don't realize what a great life we have. I, I my dad was in real estate when I was growing up. He died when he was eight, I was eighteen in Charlotte. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, I didn't ever want to do what my dad did, you know, so I got off into other ventures, but 30 years ago, almost, uh, you know, I had some friends that had a little real estate firm and I moved to Pilot Mountain, about 1,280 people in the foothills and, and, uh, they were selling land and farms and said, mm-hmm. go get your real estate license. And I tell you what, of my 72 years is probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, uh, it just, I, I love it, I, I, you know, I, especially learning and sharing it and teaching. Uh, I mean, God the God has given me a wonderful gift, and you as well. Yes, sir, and I, yeah, I, I was in the construction business for years, and I wish I'd have got out of that and got into the land business about 10 years before yeah. I did. Uh, I, I love it, and uh, that's what I'll always do. So, yeah, so, uh, it's wh- great to be able to go out and show people land. That's our office. It's out there in the woods with the critters and, oh, yeah. and, and the wind blowing and rain, sleet, snow. Yep. It don't matter. I go. It, uh, I, I love showing property in the snow. You can see every little detail, every little hickey. Oh, yeah. you, you, you want to get a topography map, that's the best <laughs> visually uh, out on a piece of property. When you got snow on the ground, you can see every detail. It's <laughs> incredible, can't you? Yeah, we don't get much snow down here. You've gotten more in the yeah. past years than we had up here, believe it or not. It snowed down there, but not up here for years. <laughs> yeah. Weather patterns yeah. change. So what 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 type of person would be a, a candidate for taking their hard-earned money and, and investing it? And by the way, uh, I did a show early on uh, where you could take your um, IRA, uh, your investment portfolios, and move them into a self-direct program. Okay, and with that self-direct program, instead of having somebody in Wall Street that has no idea and could care who the hell you are uh, playing with your money, you get to direct it where you want to go. And one of the things you can use it for is land and farms. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to go. Uh, and if, you know, of course, if somebody's thinking about doing that, you know, we're the ones to talk to. Absolutely. Well, one thing that we need to caution investors uh, that's not knowledgeable of what we do, um, when you go to finance uh, land, uh, anything over five acres in the banking industry, as my understanding, is considered a non-conforming loan. That's and, right. And banks, exactly. banks like brick and mortar, they don't like dirt. And if you have right. a, a homestead or home and you have land down the road or someplace else, you've got two mortgages and you can't make but one, you're probably going to make it where your tail sleeps and sacrifice yeah. the other one. So, uh, yeah. Um, but you look. I, down here, of course, farm credit is the way to go for financing. Absolutely. Land. Uh, our farm credit down here is Cape Fear Farm Credit, yep. but they're all over different ones. Absolutely. All over the country. So that, that's where I send the buyers on a real regular basis. If they're not a cash buyer, I tell them to go to farm credit. That's. 95% of the time, that's the best way to go. Yes, sir. Now, our listening audience, okay, just for you, uh, 
you go to the bank to borrow money on a home, you know, there's all kinds of programs out there. You've got even zero down, okay, with some of the VA programs and USDA and right. stuff like that. But when you go buy land because of that five-acre rule and the risk involved, uh, let's say today's uh, mortgage rate is 4%, just for benchmark. You're going to pay usually 2% higher interest rate uh, when you're borrowing money on land. So you're looking at 6%. Right. Instead of no yeah, money around, down, around six is what yeah. I, I, I've seen. Yes. Six, yeah, and then if you um, if if you're expecting a 30-year land mortgage on vacant land or less improved property, okay, um, you're not going to get 30 years. Uh, most I've ever seen uh, is 20. 10, yeah, 10 or 15. 20, I see up here, and then and then uh, uh, up here, farm credit. And I've done millions and millions of dollars with them, and I love Farm Credit. They've actually sponsored everything I've done for years. But, but uh, Carolina Farm Credit, uh, we're in the, there's three Farm Credits in North Carolina. Uh, but um, you're looking at 25% down unless you've got a huge portfolio. So if right. you're investing $100,000, you're going to have to have 25 in cash, and then their closing costs are usually around $2,800. So that knocks out a lot of in small investors. Uh, it does. You know, they used to be 15 years ago, uh, but uh, things changed as things do. But it's still a great program. Uh, but just oh, yes. for those listening, our listening audience, you know, uh, I want to make sure they understand this is not a traditional loan uh, investment. Okay? That's true. That's exactly right. What other things, you know, I, I know in the rural areas we don't have infrastructure, Walter. Uh, so we're dealing with wells. And septic tanks, septic systems. Yes. Um, so let me caution again as part of the due diligence when investigating land. Uh, as land brokers, we understand all these aspects. And one of the things is getting your soil tested for a suitable system. Uh, what are you seeing down there? Do you guys have problems with perking? You know, each part, you guys have sandy soil. We have clay loam soil. You go uh, to, the, to the mountain areas and you got rocks and don't, you don't have soil depth. So it sounds yeah. crazy, but each area has different types of systems they approve. Right. Our challenge typically is uh, you know, high water table because okay. a lot of our areas are you know close to swamps, close to creeks and rivers, and yes, we do have issues with that. Uh, even some of the what what looks like a sandy soil on top here, some of that will perk uh, because it's. Uh, too high water table, um, but most of the time on a piece of land we can find uh, a, a site that'll perk. Especially uh, on acres. I had, right? I had yeah. one. I did have one recently. Uh, Forty-one acres uh, had a little field on it. We thought it would probably perk, and it did not. Right. Um, that deal fell through, but then I turned around and sold it to somebody else that didn't care. They sure. Did for recreation. Sure. So, you know, if it won't perk. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left here, or even less than that. Um, let people know how they get in touch with you. What a great show, Walter. We, we could do this for a couple hours, you know. You get, you, you're welcome to come back, and we'll continue our conversation. But, um, you know, you're one of the top land persons that I know in that area, and I hope people listening or want to move to that area get in contact with you and go to your website. Mm -hmm. 
rockcreekland.com. So do that. How do they get in touch with you, Walter? Morning. Uh, yeah, um, just uh, my phone number is 910 Stay with me. We'll close this thing out, and I want to just uh, give you greetings uh, after the show. So stay with me, okay? All right. Okay. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we would appreciate them. All questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. Very limited out there. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on our master website, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. My email is lou at mylandpro.com, and my cell phone number is 336-669-1405. We'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com, are you looking to buy or sell land? Landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. And you don't have to be a real estate agent or a realtor to list your property. For sale by owners are welcomed as well. Kevin May, uh, owner of it and great friend. And uh, I get a lot of business off that website for those agents out there that are looking for a good source to promote their property. Ronnie, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website, go to WKT1090.com, and also they can download the Simple Radio app and hear us anywhere in the world. What? Yes. That sounds pretty simple. It is. It's very simple. You just type in Simple Radio? That's right. And then what do you do? Punch in WKTE1090, and it brings it right up. And then what happens? Then you can put it in as your favorite. Okay, and then what happens? Then you're going to get happy because we only play happy music. That's right. If you want to be happy in this world we're in today. That's right. you got to listen to us. Beach, we'll make you happy. Beats music and oldies. My favorite. My favorite. So uh, we've won some national awards, huh? Yeah, seven years in a row being the top uh, beach and oldies radio station on Where? the East Coast. Oh, East Coast. Yes. Okay. That's like east of the Mississippi? Yes. That mm -hmm. runs from like Maine? Mm -hmm. Does it keep going to Canada a little bit, maybe? Mm. Niagara Falls? Well, there? it does on the simple radio app. Well, that gives you where in the world. That's yeah. actually the universe. Yeah. Wow. And then you won a nice award. Yeah, the Reader's Choice uh, Announcer of the Year Award. Hmm. Really? Really. How about that? Wonder why. Amazing, isn't it? Merging. merging. <laughs> <laughs> That's not yeah. fair to have a voice like that. Well, it's God's gift. So it is God's gift. Mm -hmm. We're all blessed in different ways. Yes. Hey, thank you for joining us this morning. We'll see you next week with another Let's Talk Land Show.